So today we're going to be talking about, well, continuing to talk about packing boxes. Yeah, I didn't expect this to be a very long topic, and I it could be a three-part topic. There's so much to say. <laughs> I know. I don't think that we would subject anybody to that, but we've had a surprising amount to say on this topic. I would have never expected it. Last time we covered the the basics, really, of delivering a digital reward and the basic, like, your game in an envelope reward. For the Questlandia 2nd Edition Kickstarter. And as part of that Kickstarter, we also offered, one, a play kit level that came with everything you needed to play the game, and two, add-ons of any other game we've ever made. And those came with some complexities of packing. So today we're going to be talking about those, including talking about pencils, which before we knew that this was going to be a two-parter in the last episode, we were both like, and then we'll talk about the pencils. And now it's become this like much-awaited, like, what, what are they going to say about the pencils? We're going to have to work hard to make sure that this whole episode isn't taken up by pencils. Or we'll just push pencils to the third episode, the third <laughs> the third part. But anyway, so a while ago we had an episode specifically about deluxe editions and this tension between being small creators and wanting to put together beautiful boxes and just like absorbing all of those costs when you can't print 10,000 of a special edition of something. Uh, and how each individual component then ends up just being so expensive. Do you remember when we did that episode? I didn't until I looked it up. I'm so curious. It was probably years ago now. It was March 16th, 2021. Oh, that's actually more recent than I would have thought. So, like, what is that? 20 months ago? 20, 22 months ago? That was a, that was a while ago. So this is, in a way, a follow-up to that episode. I guess that episode was a little speculative. That was probably us reflecting on the times we've done this before and talking about possibilities for a deluxe edition for what would eventually become this Kickstarter. I think one of the things we were focusing on in that episode is a sort of sense of competition, where it's like, as you start to offer something that is more deluxe that is more meant to be a special object, you start to get into the realm of luxury items and you start to be compared, you know, like how nice is your box? How nice is the unboxing experience? How high quality is every bit of packaging? Yeah. And I remember also like attention around this Kickstarter was us deciding like, I feel like there's kind of two ways to go when you're a small creator and you want to present something that's the deluxe version, which is like the really like artisanal, like this, this has this really farmer's market appeal. Like it's wrapped in 
in jute cord and uh yeah. you know it looks like it looks like something you bought at your like corner farmer's market with a bunch of artisanal cheeses and it has this really handmade appeal versus like are we competing with something that you would go and get at Barnes and Noble right or like you know an iPhone packaging or something yeah and in either case it can be awkward there's also just sort of industry standards of like what does a boxed set look like yeah which i think at this point most people are pretty familiar with like what it feels like to open up a board game and you have your box your cardboard box that's glossy and printed on the outsides and not on the inside usually and then you have some sort of like plastic molded insert and those are things that at our scale like making a hundred of these and not knowing before a kickstarter if we're actually going to sell like are three people going to get it or a hundred people or 500 people right. uh boxes boxes are really tough they're so expensive and i think it's something that a lot of people just don't realize and it's not their job to realize but it can be frustrating when then people are like well, well we want a nice box why can't you just put it in a nice box that says questlandia and we're like those boxes are ten dollars a piece right <laughs> which is the actual i mean they are they are like that's usually around what it costs at the end of that last episode i think we did come to the conclusion that what we wanted to offer was a play kit, not a deluxe edition, not calling it deluxe, not a boxed set, but basically an assortment of nice components that we think you could use to sit down and play the game. But, you know, components shipped to you, not as like a, not in a box that you'd keep on your shelf. Yeah. And I will say, like, ultimately, I'm really happy with the boxes that we made. I think we made a lot of right choices. I think they looked great. And I am saying that in hindsight because I complained about the process every step of the way. <laughs> and it's so, I mean, this happens again and again with our work. We're like looking back on it. I'm like, Evan, we did great. Those boxes were really beautiful. And I think we made some smart choices. But I complained about the fact that they were just cardboard boxes and not nice glossy printed boxes and that we'd made a horrible decision. I complained about every single custom component. I, <laughs> I I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay. It's hard I, while you're in the I'm middle it. of it. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're, I don't know, when you're in the middle of the shipping and you're like actually putting a thousand pencil sets together by hand and like they're, some of the pencils are broken and you're getting graphite all over your fingers and dealing with these little baggies that have, you know, are, are static electricity charged. It's it can feel like you made some wrong choices. So I don't think we actually made all the right choices, but now that we're on the other side of it, it's easier to say that. Well, I'm right there with you. Let's start by briefly going over the planning phase because well over a year before we were actually putting these together, we were ordering supplies and making decisions about how these would look and get put together. The first part of the planning phase was just us talking about like what what are all the things that somebody needs to play Questlandia and what does it look like for us to make sure that we include every single thing that they need in the play kit. And some of those things are obvious decisions like they need dice, they need tokens. 
some of those are like medium level decisions. Like probably it's kind of us to put those dice and tokens in a bag <laughs> rather right. than just throwing them loose into a box. And like probably that should be a nice bag that somebody wants to keep. Uh, but it immediately starts to get complicated because you're like, well, if we're giving them a nice bag and not a box that they can keep, how does that feel? <laughs> Should right. everything just be in this sort of dispose, you know, di quotes like disposable packaging? Um, and then there's these ones that are a little bit harder to determine, like, should they get pencils? Most people have like writing implements at home. Is it is that a necessary component? How much does that cost? So I don't there we went back and forth about a lot of these components. And I want to mention from the very first edition of Questlandia back in 2014, one of the goals of the game was that you would not have to buy any special supplies to play it. When you when you say special supplies, like we designed it to use six-sided dice that people are likely to have around their home to use a regular set of playing cards that people are likely to already own to use printouts in black and white that anybody could do at a printer to use any writing implement the whole goal was like you don't have to invest a lot to play this game it's true i will say like in retrospect the game uses a lot of dice, and I would say your average person who's not like a deep gamer with a lot of different dice and like a giant dice baggie who's always like showing their Instagram chessex pictures or whatever. Like, I, I don't think we designed a game that necessarily has like the most easy to come by components without ordering. I'm just, it, I'm, I, I'm just with saying. you, but I'm also, I'll, I'll say like if the thing you have to buy is a few extra dice. This is the most common sort. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So, well, I bring that up because what that meant is we're not just going to provide the most basic supplies for each one of these components. Oh, I see what you mean. Because the whole point yeah. is that those are things you might already have lying around. Yeah, we want it to actually feel special and not not just like this mix between functional and also beautiful. And I'm sure we've said, I'm sure I've said those exact words in our deluxe edition episode. So in our pre-planning phase, there were a few things that we considered heavily and then ultimately rejected. And a lot of them were based around that same idea, which is just like, well, can we offer something that people don't already have in their homes? Something that feels like a special, unique object that you're getting because you ordered this level. Yeah. So we were like, can we make a pin, an enamel pin? Could we make a little clay icon, just like a special stone or object? We we thought of for a while about how to do that and we weren't finding like a good object that justified its inclusion. Oh yeah, because we wanted we had this idea of like you open up the box, it has all of the nice, beautiful components, and then it has like well, all the all the nice practical components that hopefully are also beautiful. And then it has something like special, like right. an amulet. Or yeah, an alethiometer, yeah, exactly. and we were we were coming up short, and and I think kind of forcing some ideas. And then we carried that over. We're like, what if we handmade the tokens out of clay, and everybody was getting twelve handmade tokens? 
I would say, uh, thinking back on that one, kind of a cool idea. <laughs> it is a cool I don't, idea. I don't hate it. And also, I'm so glad we didn't do it. it. So this might be getting a little bit ahead, but a theme, I think, in making things that are these special edition objects is it's this constant balance between like, what will people appreciate and notice? Like, what are the touches that feel truly special versus like, what will they not miss at all if they're absent? Like if we don't, right. you know, if a, if a letter is wax sealed, like, of course people are going to notice that that's a beautiful touch. If it's absent, would a, a silver sticker that's like this, you know, kind of silver doily looking foiled sticker have the same impact? There's not always a clear answer, but that was something that I felt like we we came up again or we came up against again and again. Right. And, and sometimes you don't know until after, like when we were wax sealing a hundred envelopes and like <laughs> inhaling some funky fumes and ruining some <laughs> of my dishes, um, trying to make like a double boiler with for wax seals that we were like, you know, this is like a really nice touch. And also let's never again, not with never again with this one, but I'm getting a little bit ahead. I mean, it's all connected. These These early decisions had ramifications <laughs> and in a way that wax seal ended up being the conclusion of this conversation of like what's a special like an a special encounter somebody can have when they first open up this set despite that being a lot of work and i think feeling kind of silly like i think we did get some laughs at just how absurd and difficult it actually was to wax seal the envelopes. We were like, this is so stupid. I can't believe this is this hard. Um, it was I mean, like, like, I literally got burned by our decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there are multiple times that you like, I watched you like narrowly pass the sleeve of your sweatshirt over a tea light candle. And I was like, Evan, no <laughs> fire. Um, but I mean, one thing about the wax seal is that it also literally represented the very last part of the entire process of putting the boxes together. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like this, you know, and finally sealed with a kiss. It's not like it was the first thing they had to do. And that that made a difference, too. If something's going to be difficult, like, let it be the the last thing that you do. So as we alluded to, we didn't want a printed box. Well, we did. But like, well, well yeah, actually, we, <laughs> we desperately wanted a printed box, but we didn't want to have to, you know, add over $10 per box to the cost that people were going to have to pay for it. It just didn't feel right. So then we were thinking, okay, it's a normal, it's a shipping box. It's a cardboard box. You open it up, but then you just don't want everything to just dump out onto your table. Like, can we make the opening experience nice? And we started looking at what bulk boxes were available and what sizes. It quickly became clear that for all the components we're getting, we were going to have to order a box that would have a lot of empty space in it. So it could both fit everything in all the different shapes, but at standard shape, at standard sizes, sorry, at standard box sizes, there are going to be vacancies within. Yeah, it's kind of tricky because by the time that you're already at like a six by nine inch book, you need a box with a lot of space. But a lot of the standard boxes that they sell are like 
there's also a lot of vertical space once you get to a nine inch wide box. And we're like, well, we don't, you know, the, the components we have are a book and this paper pad and some dice and cards. We don't need a box. It's like nine inches wide, nine inches tall. <laughs> so we actually spent a long time looking for boxes and ordering different samples of boxes. And the boxes that we ended up getting ultimately were like kind of like pizza box style. Right. Which I liked for the opening experience of like you open it from the top and you look down like that's nice yeah but they were tall they were two inches tall so our book is you know less than half an inch so what are we going to do we started looking at custom cardboard risers that would sort of brace against the bottom and lift the book up close to the top we started looking at foam there's a lot of different kinds of foam and and sort of like how we'd have to cut it down and what tools you need to cut foam <laughs> or how much it costs to get it pre-cut. Yeah. I mean, we were we were at this point where we were starting to look at like mattress pads. Like, do we need to order a two inch mattress pad or a, a one and, and a half inch mattress cut pad and cut? How do we yeah. <laughs> and it... yeah. That was stressful. I would say, honestly, our conversations around box risers were felt like the most stressful decision of the entire box of the entire deluxe edition boxes, just because it felt like there was no right answer, no perfect answer that we ever found. It kept feeling like if we made this part of the box nice, then the fact that it was shipping in just a cardboard shipping box would look absurd and would be like oh there's a really nice custom paper folded riser in this this dumpy looking shipping box <laughs> and so it ended up making the box feel like a worse and worse decision the more we tried to make the interior look nice yeah i mean because there is something you know for for damn the man we did custom boxes and and we did them with um you know, boxes that were meant to stay on your shelf forever. And I have to say they look like they look beautiful, but they, we, you know, we ordered them from a factory in China and to uh, get a riser that worked for those boxes. We ended up going through community printers who printed good dog, bad zombie. They're like co-op printer out in California. And I was, those were great. I was really happy with those, but the risers were a, about as expensive as the boxes. <laughs> right. There's just these these individual, every individual decision that you make with these deluxe edition components starts to stack up. And it's all interrelated and it's all tied to this sort of price point that you're aiming for. Because we didn't want to charge a hundred dollars for this set. And if we did then all the other decisions of components would be called into question because suddenly it feels like they're not nice enough. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like every $5 that you add on to the price of this thing, there's the expectation goes up exponentially too of like, well, I paid $100 and I got this. And we're like, well, you paid $100 because you wanted a box that said Questlandia on the outside. <laughs> now the inside's totally dumpy. Right. And- we want to price this at a point where somebody who is so into our game that they back at a high level, we want that to be profitable. We want that to pay us more than somebody getting the base game. 
But when you start putting together the components and thinking like, how can we make every one of those dollars they're backing for feel really well spent? It's really tempting to just spend it all. <laughs> yeah. So do we want to talk about the components that actually ended up in the box? Yeah. So let's start with our conclusion about how we were going to fill the void of this box. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, we ended up using black bubble wrap and kind of creating custom risers where uh, like Evan for hours was cutting down bubble wrap to these very exact dimensions, depending on like what part of the box it was going to align in. And we ended up just creating like these little custom kind of jigsawed together risers with bubble wrap. And uh, I think they actually looked great. Like it worked out really well. I was shocked almost at how well it worked out. I mean, it did involve a lot of custom cutting to get the dimensions right. And then problem solving about like, when do you cut? When do you fold? How do you fold in a way that it doesn't just all unravel? We had to come up with a whole process and like layout. But by the end of it, I feel like we hit just the right balance of like the presentation being nice, like each component as you lift off would reveal more components underneath in a way that looked nice and orderly and secure and you know actually padded without looking like something that you were in any way expected to keep yeah you know it's bubble wrap to be trashed which is sad in its own way but but at least it was a nice experience that didn't clash with this being shipped in a box a non-printed box yeah yeah so so Definite props to the bubble wrap. I think that worked out really well. And it was even, you know, it even ended up working out well that we chose black for the bubble wrap, which I think I picked because it was like the recycled version or something. And then when it arrived, I was like, oh no, this looks like a trash bag. Like, our, <laughs> yeah. like this just looks like a black trash bag and it's going to look like our games are shipping in actual trash. And, but it, it ended up looking really intentional after we created these little nice risers. So uh, thumbs up to bubble wrap. I think we made lemonade out of lemons there. I feel real happy about how that one turned out. And that was that was all you, Hannah. I was like, what about I had written off bubble, bubble wrap because I was like, you know, <laughs> that's it's trash and it's going to be like, I was just imagining like bubble wrap just sort of stuffed in. Yeah. Because that's how you see bubble wrap used. Yeah. Oh, it ended up working out uh, well. So yeah, we had our box. We had our 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 functional and also aesthetic bubble wrap. Um, we had a deck of playing cards, and there were decisions that went into those playing cards too. Like for "Damn the Man, Save the Music," we had custom cards printed. But anytime you print. I, there's there's always these quality choices when you go through sites that like you know print custom anything where it's like do you want the shittiest one the medium one or the the luxe or the super deluxe and I think we always pick medium and it's like fine uh, but instead of that we ended up going with like a decks of bicycle playing cards that were just really beautiful and we knew that if they were bicycle cards that we'd be able to vouch for their quality and I think our our cards are really pretty. I think this is another place where we made the right call because, right, just like you're saying, if we had gone with a custom deck 
to make it affordable, it would have had to be pretty low quality cards. As it is, it's still one of the most expensive components in the whole set, but they're just like, but they're beautiful. Like you said, it's like a set that I feel, I'd feel excited to own. I do feel excited to own. I took one. Yeah, they're, no, they're pretty. They have these like beautiful little sort of um, very two-dimensional designed birds on them. They're so nice. So we had the deck of cards. Oh, and little things. I mean, this is like, yeah, I had forgotten about this one, the cardboard backing board. And I think this was another one that had popped into my head where I was like, if we're not going to have some sort of custom cardboard or plastic riser, the thing that's most likely to be damaged in a way that really matters is the book. Like right. we have to be so careful about the edges getting bumped or the book rubbing up against something. And uh, we ended up just ordering these little like six by nine cardboard, just six by nine pieces of cardboard. And before we put the book in and the character sheets, we just kind of nestled them on top of that protective backing. Good choice. That was a good choice. That was also you. That was what what convinced me that bubble wrap could be okay. Because I was like, oh, we can have something sort of rigid on top of bubble wrap. All right. Yeah. Real different and, to just throw a book into bubble wrap and like send it on its right. way. That was great. That made a huge difference for the sort of integrity of the whole structure of the box. Little thing that was very important. And it also ended up being really important for dealing with the printouts. Yeah. Yeah. So we uh, did, we also included all the printouts, which I think is great because I, I think a lot of people like don't have a printer. Also, I have no idea if the wind is going to get picked up on the mic, but we're having like a really wild windstorm here today. And it's like negative 10 degrees with the wind chill. Uh, and it's so just consider it a metaphor <laughs> of the intensity of these decisions. It's just been this constant, like really violent wind just thrashing and howling outside. So I apologize if that comes through. Um, yeah, so the the printouts, we knew that we wanted to just include the printouts and we have a great local print shop. We're really lucky. We go through them for a lot of stuff like this. But so we we made a decision to not include printouts in the book which like i'm not sure if that's still a controversial decision i think that like a number of years ago that was still a controversial decision because they're like you know people want to photocopy directly from the book you convinced me of this you were like i am increasingly skeptical that people want to bend back the spine of a six by nine inch book to try to photocopy a character sheet that's yeah. scaled down to that size. So we designed the printouts to be, you know, standard paper size. So they're bigger. But it did mean that we had to rescale the printouts now to put them on uh, the, to make six by nine versions. Right. So that was a whole little project in itself to make that form factor, which I somehow convinced myself we were avoiding by not having them in the actual printing of the book. I, I know. I think it might have just been an oversight. It was so I mean, because you're just like, they're going to be small. And then we got to this point where we're like, shit, we have to do it anyway. I mean, there's a world where we would have had a box that fit eight and a half by 11 paper. But like, that's, it's kind of far-fetched. You know, we went by with a nine by nine inch, which is a good fit for a six by nine book 
with extra components. Yeah, once you get into 12 inches, you're like genuinely shipping pizzas across the world. <laughs> it's a huge price yeah. jump when you get to a foot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like of course the printouts needed to be smaller. The reasonable size was six by nine. So we redesigned them and we bought little envelopes so we could just, you know, package them all together so they'd be held nice and snug. Yeah, then it was hilarious because we we spent a lot of time being like what kind of envelopes like what's the envelope going to look like is it going to be black to kind of like give this stark elegant feel is it going to go with that rustic farmhouse and we ended up choosing some just sort of grocery store bag but like eleva elevated grocery store bag craft envelopes and then when we yeah, went we thought that would be really nice as like a a backdrop for a like dark rubber stamped Questlandia logo or something. Yeah. Uh, if you are somebody who got the boxes, though, you may be like, oh, I don't remember that envelope. And that's because when we actually went to put the character sheets in the envelopes, we realized that the envelopes were exactly six by nine exterior dimensions. And our character sheets to fit nicely and snugly with the book were cut to exactly six by nine, and they just didn't fit in the envelopes. It was, it felt very silly. Uh, so yeah, we still have a few hundred <laughs> these envelopes in our so office. It was fine. Out of, you know, out of everything that could have gone wrong, it was like the least important thing. I don't but think. that cardboard backing board was like, that's kind of what saved it. Because by sandwiching those printouts between that board and the book itself, uh, they had firm backing on both sides and could stay together yeah it's a metaphor for what we all need yeah that's sweet yeah maybe every one of these is going to be a metaphor for relationships yeah well that's good because the next thing on the list is the pencil <laughs> <laughs> so we felt real good about ourselves because we got started on the pencils so early it was maybe the very first component we started working on. I think it was the first thing. We ordered them like a year in advance, and we ordered them from a, a vendor that we'd used before for the Damn the Man custom pencils. And the Damn the Man custom pencils looked freaking dope. Loved them. Like the quality like was, was great. They shipped quickly. It was why I felt I was the one who pushed. I was like, we should do custom pencils. It's so nice so nice to just have like the sharpened pencils right in the <laughs> box and they have like a little questlandia thing on them yeah and because yeah, about we did... having different messages on every pencil that's included which that would have been yeah that was that was too expensive but whatever we just come up with like a nice a nice tagline and like a very pretty screen printed font and and so we placed that order yeah, we we picked a font from the website. We paid extra for like uh there there were like, you know, sort of the standard fonts and then what were clearly like the, you know, Google or web fonts or whatever. Um we're like we're going to This pay. might already be the point where anybody who got the deluxe edition is like, "Oh yeah, I guess that font was well, hmm. <laughs> was sans How much was... did you pay for this font? <laughs> 
<laughs> so we paid for this like beautiful, this really like thin, elegant font with these like kind of curls, these these fantasy like swirls on them. And I think the the pencils say a game of ill-fated kingdoms, right? That's right. So the the pencils arrived and they're just like not just any like they're like sans serif like system default font that like ships with you know any pc when there's right. no other fonts and we were like oh that's too bad um <laughs> yeah that's that's not what we ordered yeah but we were like well this is why we've ordered all of these things so far in advance and like that sucks but obviously this is something that we can work out so uh we you know started a chat there's no it's one of these places where there's no way to contact besides like a little live chat and we started a chat and got your sort of standard customer service response of like well oh we'll look into this thanks for letting yeah. us know we got a phrase that i came to be very familiar with which is we're sorry about this we're going to forward that to the appropriate team <sighs> yeah so do you want to take over? I got like, I was somehow, I was suddenly hit with like a wave of exhaustion <laughs> thinking of these pencils. We can, we can ping pong back and forth. We had like, we have our to-do list for the work days and we were doing a great job just sort of keeping like, hey, let's just follow up on that email thread. If we don't get a response, we'll follow up in a week. And so we'd follow up in a week. It'd be like, we're so sorry you haven't gotten a response on this yet. I've sent an updated request to the appropriate team. We'll get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, there's no harm in like naming and shaming this company, is there? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's pencils.com and I think it's it's on us to to have some of some of this is on us. Like when you make choices about vendors where you are not sure where they are printing and where they're doing their work out of, how do I want to say this, Evan? Uh, I guess when you're making a choice that's trying to get things cheaply, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to say it. I don't know that it's on us. I think we had every reason to believe that pencils.com, <laughs> which we've used before, when... which had a very clear web interface, we just expected to get the pencils we ordered. <laughs> yeah. So we went, you know, every, it was just like this workday checklist was every few days, you know, once a week, we just send a follow-up to pencils.com and eventually, you know, it got, they got a little bit more sternly worded. I mean, it was, it started to like in good spirits. I was like, <laughs> what if I make it sound like we're actually a little annoyed? I mean, yeah, it, like, was, it was like after like, two months, I think you were like, let's yeah. like, maybe we can get a little bit like, you know, we expect a resolution by said date. Uh, I was like, yeah, like we do have a deadline for this project. And then I was like, teehee, it's actually eight months away. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> so finally, to our to our shock, you know, so we also explained the issue. Like it looks like the font wasn't embedded. And uh, finally, they reshipped the pencils at no extra charge. And we were like shocked that they did it. It was like three months later or something. And yeah. <laughs> it took a little while for it to arrive, but like, yeah, <laughs> but we got them. We got the replacements. And 
we got the pencils in the mail and there was a font embedded, but it was like <laughs> this swirly, twirly, very thick, like 90s kids cartoon commercial break font. Like it was like this sort of like 1990s, like playful jester font. <laughs> it, it's like if you go to like a family friendly restaurant chain and you order the kids menu or like if um like the a font that would be used when teachers go to like teacherresources.com and print out like a default crossword puzzle where it says like yeah. words of the day in this just like chunky horrible jester font up at the top and i was i was like evan this font's the best <laughs> I was horrified. I was like, this is the ugliest font ever invented. Like, this font is this shit and we're going to use it even though this is terrible. And you were so upset. I dropped the biggest veto of my life on that font. I was a little disappointed. You were just like, absolutely not. This ruins the branding of the game. We are not like, This sending. is the most like clown shoes, <laughs> goofy. Oh, I just hated it. And like, especially when it was like, <laughs> we ordered just such a nice one. It just looked so good. It just looked so good with the font that we ordered. And I was like, okay, what happened here? Yeah. So what, and so what did happen? I started investigating because I'm like, what's, come on. I, I sent them a picture in the original email of the font that we ordered. This isn't that. I looked it up. I found out what font had arrived, what horrible font had been used. <laughs> Amazing font. It was a font with like a very similar name. And it's like, okay. In fact, this font is like, if I do a search for the font name, uh, this is the font that comes up. And it actually matches the name of the font in the online selection interface. But that's not the font that was displayed in the preview. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, yeah. so somebody made a mistake in the back end. They like put in this font name, got this font, but like had some other display font. And I was like, okay. You know, it's not my job, but I, I'll do literally anything <laughs> clearly to not they, use this font. Yeah, clearly so, some help is needed to get this resolved. So I'm going to look into the source code. I'm going to like find what font is being pulled for this preview. That was surprisingly unsuccessful. Yeah, like we couldn't find any record of the font online. We were doing reverse image searches. Right. We got to start doing like font identifiers. And then when the automated font identifiers didn't work, turned to the font forums, <laughs> the <laughs> font community. Uh, and even they seemed stumped. Like a number of people responded and were like, it seems like it's related. You know, it's in it's in the family tree of this font, but it's a weird spinoff that we haven't seen before. And after giving up hope in a thread that had received a number of sympathetic failures to figure it out, some internet hero arrived. God, I don't know who is browsing these forums and looking at the like 10 day old dead seeming threads and then taking it upon themselves to do a, a delve. But somebody did a hero. 
and got the actual name of this font. And it was not easy to even download this font, but I did. I found the correct font, downloaded it, uploaded it to Dropbox, sent an email to Pencils.com, <laughs> explained the whole issue, included images, and included the font. Said, here's the correct font that matches what you have on your display. Could we please have the pencils with the font we asked for? And the response was like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. You absolutely should get that font. We're going to forward this to the appropriate team. <laughs> yeah. So it, it started again and it was it was just the same thing where every few days we would send a follow-up, weeks went by, months went by, and after a few months we were like, oh, wait, it's actually been a year. <laughs> we are actually getting to the point where now we have to ship the project. And I was just saying like, I, you know, I was changing that. I was like, can you confirm that the team has received these forwarded requests? Is there any, have they ever responded? Have you ever heard anything back from the team that you forward things to? Is there a team? Um, Is there a team? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it became pretty clear that this just wasn't going to get resolved. So then we we're like, well, we just have to ask for a refund. Like, you know, this, these pencils were hundreds of dollars. Let's like, this is stupid. Let's let's just ask for the money back at this point. There is, and they were like, "We will forward that." We, yeah, we understand. Uh, getting you the refund is absolutely sensible. We're going to forward this to our financial team. <laughs> yeah. So you know, at some point, we finally started to resort to like some threats. And we were like, we're going to like initiate a chargeback on our credit card. But then we were like, shit, we put this on debit card. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stupid. God damn. Uh, and finally. They stopped responding yeah, at they, that point. They had stopped responding. And finally, we had sent some like fairly sternly worded, although I would say after like nine months, not the most sternly worded message, you know, about like we need like we need the refund. When is that going to hit? And the person was like, I'm just a customer service person. I actually can't initiate a refund for this much money. We will forward this to the right team. Um, and I think they actually at that point gave us a oh, number to call. They had never done it before, like gave us a number for these like you know, people in the White Tower looking the down the team, the team, <laughs> the team who's been putting us in the freaking rat maze, uh, doing some psychological experiment with us this whole time. But by that point, it was actually when we were starting to ship Questlandia and we didn't have time to call the team. So we just we took the loss and sent everybody got the sans serif pencils. The pencils are worse quality than they were when we did the damn the man pencils. The damn the man pencils looked great. These pencils were like kind of eh. Um well, I mean part of that was like in, they're made with a different process. The damn the man ones used a sort of very default font, but the trade-off of that was that we got to choose a nice quality of pencil mm. and the default font looks great with damn the man it's it fit the theme it wasn't like system default it wasn't like an error font it was just a simple one uh and in this one they are screen printed which is a whole different process oh yeah that's it's, that's it's nice in some ways but not as nice in others 
but it makes up for it because you can use any font you want. Oh, I'm so bitter, man. I'm so bitter. <laughs> I like, I feel, you know, like people receive them and they're going to say a game of ill-fated kingdoms. But I really wanted people to get the one that you have to read in the voice that's like, Oh, good. You will play. play. <laughs> just, there's no way you can look at the other pencils and not read them in like the goofy voice. <laughs> and I do kind of regret that. I mean, we have hundreds and hundreds of goofy pencils. <laughs> I know. I feel like we should like. <laughs> I I feel like we have to run a a sad a special contest. like goof pencil sale no, or like or, a coupon or no or you know like what's what's like a like a raffle <laughs> like... for somebody to get like all eight hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> I did offer a bunch of them to a friend of mine who's a teacher. I was like, they don't say anything offensive. They just say like a game of ill-fated kingdoms. But I don't know if anybody wants a bunch of pencils. <laughs> I would ship them to somebody who listens to Design Doc if they actually wanted like a few hundred pencils or like could say how many they yeah, wanted. Send us a message saying, give me the goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, we'll send know what us, you mean. Send us a message. Yeah. If you're, if you're in the U.S., I would ship them out of the U.S., honestly. I would I would like pay $30. To we're already so far in the hole. Like, whatever. Don't get out of here. No, we're not. All right. So, yeah. If you say, what was your phrase? Give us the goofy. <laughs> give me the goofy. <laughs> yeah. Give me the goofs. Give me the goofs. Yeah. We'll send you some goofs, some pencils. <laughs> <laughs> So, Evan, I hate to say it, but we're like not, we're like, what, maybe two thirds of the way through our notes or something. And oh, we're much less than that. We're, we're not going to do a three parter for this one. No way. Uh, I'm so yeah. sorry. I just don't think it deserves to be a three parter. I'm looking through our notes and really we have, we have notes about every single object that went into this box and we have notes around the special systems that we invented to like organize and pack and handle these different components we have notes on the software we used notes about when the guy was mean to you at the post office <laughs> notes about static electricity <laughs> so yeah what should we I'm looking at them and I'm thinking like, part of this is just that I wanted to, it, it felt good to write these down as notes to just acknowledge this was a ton of work and a ton of individual little decisions that built up into like a massive project all of its own. Yeah. And it was the final, final part of Questlandia. And fulfilling the Kickstarter. Like every one of these boxes felt like this is it. We're putting the whole project to a close. And, you know, it was like a a massive final hurdle before crossing the finish line. And so when I think of these decisions and the work that went into it, like I have such vivid memories. I felt very alive <laughs> because it was just 
it was charged with so much importance and significance and so much care for the experience of people receiving these, the like biggest supporters of our project. Yeah. And it was an act of intention to like muster up that care for a project that I very much wanted to be over. Yeah, I really liked writing out the notes too. I don't know, it, it helps me, even if not all of these notes are going to be read out loud, like seeing every single distinct part of the process and the fact that like no part didn't have a really human decision behind it and a conversation behind it, like from what color the dice were going to be to where they were going to come from and choosing the cards. How many sheets were going to be at the ownership pad. Yeah, how many character sheets to print out so people could have extras but not be burdened by them yeah and cutting colored paper down to like make little handwritten thank you slips sorting the boxes like between specific add-on orders and combinations like redoing the whole architecture of the packing to fit the various add-ons that people had on their orders and then matching the add-on combo with a personalized thank you, with the specific shipping label. It was a lot. It was a lot. So I feel like when I look over our notes, knowing that we're not going to hit every single thing that we wanted to say, I kind of want to pick something to end with that is like, I don't know, the most, I, I don't want to say advice, but the like the most beneficial little treasure that I can think to give and one thing that I don't think we've really hit, a huge part of putting these custom rewards together, these these deluxe rewards together, ended up being that like every single part of the process was really distinct, like cutting the bubble wrap. You could get into a flow state, uh, but it was yeah. really distinct from folding the bubble wrap and putting it into the boxes too, that which was distinct from laying out a hundred envelopes to stamp them, writing a hundred little hand thank you notes, melting wax for envelopes and folding and assembling the cardboard boxes. Folding. Oh yeah. The boxes shipped flat. I did like 50 of them inside out. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you know, I think that it's, it's something that we've sort of learned over time is just like the, the thing that ends up feeling the hardest and that can be like really agonizing doing this kind of deluxe edition thing is just like any anything that like breaks the flow where you have to then start again and create a new process around how to do it well and everything needs a new like everything needs a process like how to fold a hundred boxes there's there's better and worse ways to do that uh right. like where are you going to stack them after you fold a box how many fit in your room are you going to where are you going to sit i mean we even got into situations where like as boxes stacked up there was like a very specific level that like really hurt our backs yeah we were like oh it kind of hurts my back to like go down this row at this height that they're at right now and and put bubble wrap in each one and just like I don't even know what the advice is. I mean, I think we learned so much in Good Dog, Bad Zombie about like anything that requires breaking the flow to make a custom thing or match a custom thing just starts to get into like really dicey territory. 
and I think we did pretty well here. And at the same time, it was it was a lot of work. And every time I can think of ways to do it better. I think that we navigated all these decisions and purchases and processes and ended up with something that we like and that we got good feedback. Like people posted pictures of themselves unboxing and like talked about having a wonderful experience opening these boxes. So we got there. We got to where we wanted to get. But it feels like that was the culmination of eight years of work, of figuring out where where and what to buy, how to work together, where to put the thresholds of price and quality. And even as we were flexing all of this accumulated experience, it was still a massive project. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Don't do it. Yeah, is, right. Is it isn't quite right. But it <laughs> no. might be. I guess I guess respect it. Respect it. That's what yeah. <laughs> I respect it like every single part, like every single object that becomes a part of a special edition has like its own process behind it counting out five pencils to go into every box, putting those pencils in a little plastic pencil sleeve, counting out the dice, counting out the tokens, just like deep respect for every individual thing. And like you can get into a flow state for each one, but uh, it's, it's a lot of work. You can decide if you want to do it. And like if you have friends and so supports around you to help you do it, I cannot imagine doing it alone, Evan. Um, and, you know, I one thing is that we did have a lot of offers. We had friends who said like, do you guys need help? Do you want help with the boxes? And that offer was so kind. And also like we know the project best. And we ultimately were like, oh, shoot, we've gotten ourselves into a situation where we're using such weird custom techniques around putting these boxes together that it seems kind of frustrating and fraught to bring a friend over and teach them every single part of the process. We were also figuring out stuff as we went. Yeah. And, you know, like we weren't sure how we were going to do the wax seals while we were assembling the dice and token bags. We were coming up with the process as we went, which makes sense for us. I mean, we're in charge of it, but would have been difficult for collaborating with somebody else. Yeah. And by the time we had figured it out and tested it and knew how to do it, it felt like, well, bringing somebody else on board and teaching them to do it and making sure they're doing it right when there's just 40 more times to do it. We should just do it ourselves and just get it over with. And I think also had we brought in even a well-meaning friend who was like, have you guys thought about cardboard rye? Uh, <laughs> I would just be like, no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I think definitely. I think there's like a lot of opportunities to bring somebody in late in the process and like, you know, have some well-meaning feedback coming in where. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I you think... guys should try to get a refund for these pencils. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. So... Was this the only font they had? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, with that, I, I don't think if 
I, I don't. I don't know what to say. We're gonna cut all that out. Don't cut that out. That's beautiful. Oh yeah. Have you ever had a dream? Um, <laughs> if you want, wait. Are we actually offering goofy pencils? I don't think they're that bad. I don't want anybody to be disappointed if somebody's like, "Give me the goof," and then they get them and they're like, "These pencils aren't that bad." All right. Let me let me make a a legit offer. A plug. It's a plug. It's a commercial. We have extra supplies. You can go on our website and order one of these play kits if you'd like to witness firsthand what we've begun to describe here. Uh, like, we have a place for notes, right? Yeah, but now you're like, at what, what I was saying is we'll send you some goofy pencils for free. Now you're like, we'll send you some goofy pencils for $65 in shipping. <laughs> Well, like I don't know. <laughs> you know, well that's not the only thing we'll send you. <laughs> I just want people to be able to order it and, you know, express that they'd like a goof mode edition. Oh, I see. You know? Yeah. But that's a possibility. So yeah, if you were I mean, if you were one of the people that got that special edition box, thank you. I hope that I hope that nothing that we've said about the work that went in uh, makes you feel bad. <laughs> like <laughs> we're we're constantly we're constantly figuring this stuff out, and ultimately, like when we had all of those boxes in a line, and I saw them with their black bubble wrap and our wax sealed thank you note and our flowers at the top, I was like, we did a really good job with what with the resources we had. And I'm I'm proud of every single part of these. And so I, I don't know. I hope that it's nice then to hear the backstory. <laughs> yeah. Well, like legitimately, thank you for the opportunity to take this all on. In a lot of ways, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. After like day three of wax sealing, we were we were really having a good time with it, honestly. <laughs> we yeah. were just sitting in the kitchen doing a double boiler. I would do the little wax spoon scoop and then Evan would do the, the pressing of the snail. It was it was really nice. We had some nice conversations. Good flow. So thanks again. The Design Doc intro-outro theme was written by our friend, Pat King. Thanks, Pat. Design Doc is hosted by the One Shot Podcast Network. One Shot hosts other great shows like System Mastery. System Mastery is a delightful stroll through the history of role-playing games, except the games are terrible and the hosts are real jerks about everything. Join hosts Jeff and John as they explore the weirdest games ever made to talk about what worked what went wrong, and which Silverhawk was the best. It was Hot Wing. Don't even add us. Find their shows at systemmasterypodcast.com. I'm never sure if we're supposed to read the Hot Wing part or if that's just like an in-joke, but I... Oh, like just for... Oh, I don't... I know, other right? podcast makers. I know, but, or, but like, like a in, wink at us like, in particular. It just, like, it's like maybe they're supposed to read it, but we're not supposed to read it. But I guess they wouldn't say join host Jeff and John. They would be like, join us. So I'm just going to assume that everything there is meant to be read as is. Anyway. What about Turtle Bun? So this week, the final thing that we want to leave you with, we're doing just a quick two-week Kickstarter. It ends February 16th. So if you listen to this after the 16th, 
That ship is sailed. You're off the hook. You're off the hook. <laughs> um, we're kickstarting a poster print run for our game Public Guest 5. It's a game that was inspired by a nightmare that Evan had about uh, an orbiting artificial planet that was threatening to explode and destroy all life on the planet below. And then we turned it into a one-page game, and then we turned it into 11 by 17 posters. Uh, they're going to be printed by our local print shop, Paradise Copies. We really like supporting them. They're $12 for a poster, and it's our, I don't know, it's a really, like, it's an experimental Kickstarter for us to see, like, we already have this poster up in our web store, but it's a little experiment to see if putting it on Kickstarter is worth it. So far, we think it is. I think it's been great. I guess the easiest way to get there is through searching Public Guest 5 on Kickstarter. Oh, the easiest way. our website links to it. Oh, fuck. You're totally right. Oh, butts. Sorry. I I was trying so hard to not use any of the curses this episode. Yeah. Frick on a stick. Frick on a stick. (laughs) You're right. Oh, my God. That's so stupid. Silly. Ding dong. We have to get it up on our website. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, (laughs) let's make sure it's up on our website. There will be a link on our website. Also, there will be a link in the show notes. So that's probably the easiest, easiest way is there will just be a link directly from the show notes. And if that's your jam, if you're somebody who just absolutely loves thinking about existential terror at a time when, you know, we've rightfully moved on from disaster fiction except if you're hannah and evan uh then back our (laughs) kickstarter the next ones will be much more cottage core we're done with this dark dark ding dong (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening we'll see you soon heroes